Hey, what's going on, ladies and gentlemen? You know the name, you know the voice, you know exactly why I'm here. I'm the microphone messiah on the line. I have the Canadian destroyer, Brandon Tanguma, and the sensational sherry of the BC, Cindy G. How you, how you guys doing? Brandon, how's it going? I'm doing just fine. A little tired. It's a late night. WWE pay-per-views have been pretty short recently, but AEW hasn't gotten the memo. Yeah, t- Tony Khan, he, he needs a lot of memos after tonight. We're we going to talk about it. Cindy, how are you doing? We haven't podcasted in a while. I know, right? It's been quite some time. I'm doing good. Been busy a lot, you know, regarding like everything from NoDQ.com live predictions to doing a live reaction on Teddy Turnbuckle's YouTube channel. So, so far so good. But I do have a lot to say about this pay-per-view, especially that main event. All right. First order of business, the Bullet Cats Championship. A real world's title, God damn it. As far as I'm concerned, and as far as the record books are concerned, Brandon, you and Baby Huey tied. I talked about ties with the Bullet Cats Championship on Twitter. I don't, I don't really like that. You know, it devalues the prestige of the championship. You know what I'm saying? So, as of right I now, I have no idea what you're talking about, Philip. Un- <laughs> it just makes it more prestigious because actually, more people are holding how many, it. How many? How many times has, have there been two WWE champions? Tell me. Tell me. It's kind of like a like an interim title Absolutely. situation. The, the, the devil, the devil. Brandon heads or tails? Tails never fails unless it's tails. Are are you sure? You, all right, let's see. Let's find out. Baby Huey is the new Bullet Cast champion. Yay! C- congratulations to Baby Huey. Was this was this his fifth run? I'm filing an injunction with the with the commission. With the commission, with the commission. While I post that picture, Brandon, take over. We 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 love the pre-show here. Tell us who was on it and what went down. Well, we have uh, the normal stuff. We have a bunch of video packages, basically everything that you can see on their countdown show. They they just repeat it on the pay-per-view. But the only pre-show match was a women's tag team match. It was supposed to be Britt Baker with Rebel taking on Thunder Rosa and Riho, but Rebel, unfortunately, she was hurt, so she had to bow out. But instead, we have the debuting Maki Ito making her American debut, her AEW, well, I guess American AEW debut. She comes out, she sings. Cindy, very excited. What did you think of the Maki Ito surprise? Well, that was a complete shocker. Like, when they did the um the the um like the announcement like an hour before the buy-in saying that Rebel was hurt due to the bump from Nyla Rose during the semifinal match of the AEW Women's Eliminator Tournament, and thus of course when Britt Baker come out saying that she find a partner and of course proof about like Rebel did hurt and all that stuff. Music hit. That's why I freaking marked out so hard that Maki Toy came out. I just want to give you a little bit of history, Maki Toy was a former idol in a all-girl group before she got fired due to an appearance because of it. The Japanese music industry is so ruthless when it comes to appearance. So she decided to wrestle and besides like her, her gimmick is like more of a former idol turned lovable, but yet a very foul mouth um, wrestler and so I was so happy and it was such a shocking moment altogether but the match itself the match is pretty decent a lot of like back and forth going on between Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker and Maki Toy Riho she did an impressive job it's like so many pinfalls counters suplex 
And however, like Maki Toy did the co the diving Kokeshi to Thunder Rosa, but Thunder Rosa did roll over. And that's where Riho did the um did um the missile drop kick all together. But it was a pretty solid match, but of course. At the end, you got Rebel providing the distraction from Thunder Rosa, and thus Britt Baker did took the advantage to do the role of and pick up the victory. It was a pretty much a decent buy-in of the match for it, and I'm glad that we're going to be seeing more of Maki Toy because she's like one of my favorite, and she was my main pick to win the Women's Illuminator Tournament, but unfortunately, she lost to, of course, Ryo Mizunami, but it is what it is. Yeah, Maki Ito picked up a lot of steam. She was uh, kind of the internet's favorite for the AEW Women's Tournament. Unfortunately, she didn't win. I never saw her before, so I made sure to check her out. I, I liked what I saw on the Japanese tournament side. The uh, the singing, I will say, was a little awkward. It was a little weird, especially you know being a debut. Not that many people in the stands. They can't really sing along with her. I wasn't the biggest fan of that, but I think she did very well. Philip, what did you think of the match and the debuting Maki Ito? Um, let's see. I didn't even see the ending of it. I'm be honest with you. Uh, Maki Ito. Philip always missing the pre-shows. I, I went to go get some, I went to go get some food, some, some nutrients so I could sit here and do this with y'all. I did y'all a favor. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, but the singing, yeah, yeah, she like, no baby girl, we got to cut that out. Mm -mm, Boo boo. It's not, it's, it's not for me. I'm sorry. Like I sat through years of Jillian Hall singing. I don't want to hear nobody sing to the ring. Now rapping, if she can spit some bars <laughs> in Japanese, come holla at your boy. <laughs> yeah. I guess we have to wait wait for Maki to start spitting some bars. For now let's get on into the pay-per-view proper. They start off with a little tribute of Jim Crockett Jr. They had just a little picture with his year and death date. Uh, Ross introduces the show. Unfortunately, Jim Ross was struggling with a, some sore throat or something going on. You know, luckily they have Excalibur waiting in the wings and he can kind of take over. Hey, it did, did kind of suck, but, it, you know, I think it, they did well. It, it, it's it's JR uh, having too many years yelling Austin. That, that That's all that is. It finally but, caught up with him. But later on, his voice is starting to feel better, which is pretty interesting. Like halfway towards the um, the ending of the, the matchup. He, he probably had some liquid courage or something. Had a shot of that yak. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. He had some of John Moxley's flask. Well, the first matchup, we had the AEW tag team titles on the line. The Young Bucks, the champions defend against Chris Jericho and MJF. Wardlow, of course, is in the corner of MJF and Chris Jericho. They go back and forth. It was not the stereotypical Young Bucks spot fest. They did uh, do some ground and pound. It was more of a blood feud because of what MJF and Jericho did to old Papa Buck at the end. 18 minutes, we get a Meltzer driver on Chris Jericho for the win, and the Young Bucks retain. And I thought it a very good opening match. I thought maybe until the main event or even the Sting-Darby match, I thought this was the best match of the show for a long time. Strong opener to the show. Uh, absolutely, man. It, it was good. And, you know, normally Nick Jackson, when he hits that comeback, he hits it. He, he, he hit the comeback at the pace in which the match was. Like, not too fast, not too slow, just at a nice – Normal pace, and I, I really did like that. Uh, Jericho catching, um, was it Nick Jackson with the code breaker once he springboard on the inside? But all in all, Melcher Driver got the one, two, three, and the Young Bucks retain our AEW tag team champions at Revolution. 
Yeah, it is a pretty much a fun match, but I know some of the people are kind of like still trying to cool down with this whole like Maki toy surprise appearance from the buy-in. Well, it's like hard to like concentrate on the main card of this match, but all in all, it's a pretty impressive match. I'm very impressed with Jericho doing the lion saw, but then the Young Bucks did the super kick, followed by trying to do the BTE um, trigger, but MJF did broke the pin a bit. But of course, the ending of it, it is the obvious that the Young Bucks is going to retain the title altogether. And besides, thank goodness I wore this I hate MJF shirt just for the occasion, because I do have like a hateful relationship of the character MJF itself. What, what about the man behind the character? I hear it's the same guy. Hmm. 50-50. That's I'll, a different story. I'll, I'll hit up my friend Chris Jericho to find out. But Brandon, what else happened? Well, what else did happen? We had we had the opening tag team match, and then we had the casino tag team battle royal. We had oh, yeah. Dustin Rhodes and QT Marshall taking on the Dark Orders 10 and 5 to start off. They had it a countdown clock every 90 seconds. Uh, you know, all the mat, you know, all the teams pretty much in the AEW tag team division come out. Uh, speaking of the opening match, the opening teams, QT Marshall, I guess, like turned heel on Dustin. He was like angry at him, spit at him, and walked away. So the natural nightmares is that their name they're they're no more i'm so sad yeah, i am too you know a qt got them hair plugs he could be pulling he could be pulling some girls now so he's like you know what i'll i'll, I'll need to hang out with this old man in the ring let, let, let me go do that you know uh, i don't know man we're uh we're, we're, we're jack evans and uh, and helico in this i don't think i saw them no why weren't they in this they're too busy helping out matt hardy really so we can have three teams of the dark order in there really you know there's only one team that matters we we all know that it's 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 silver and you know ten yeah is you know I, I, you still got beef with five uh, was it ten you still got beef with him and he's looking a little better I think he's been doing some full reps okay okay things okay, getting better okay um I, I I don't got much to say about this until we get to the end because the end was fire. Yeah. Oh yeah, it is on fire. However, I was expecting some surprise like tag team appearance that we haven't seen before. But it was kind of like a little bit of a letdown to see at least. But all in all, this was an impressive like casino tag team battle royal. And we have as the final four, of course, two members of the Death Triangle, Jungle Boy and Johnny Hungy, John Silver. And it was such an incredible match of it. But the face off between Ray Phoenix and Jungle Boy towards the end, like as the final two, it was really impressive. I thought Jungle Boy is going to be the one that's going to win too him and luchasaurus but no ray phoenix definitely um illuminate jungle boy of course death triangle did win the casino buy buy in battle royal not buying tag team battle royal kind of mixed up with things these two of course yeah clocks in at 27 minutes Pac and phoenix get the win should have saw this coming especially with the spotlight match they had on dynamite this past week they are pretty new tag team obviously phoenix and pentagon are more the established tag team and so getting Pac and phoenix in there i i mean i enjoyed the the ending as cindy said i thought the you know the work that phoenix and jungle boy were doing was phenomenal i mean you were just kind of waiting for all the teams to get in the ring there's no surprises which kind of you know dragged it down a little bit i kind of wanted maybe just all the all the uh all the teams in at the same time and then we can kind of do what the other tag team battle royal was but it was a little bit of a drag 27 minutes to open to get the second match on the show so we get like two matches in an hour 
but overall the ending made it i wouldn't say it made it worth it but you know made it more tolerable yeah absolutely didn't make it more tolerable i mean hey man phoenix i, I say i feel like i say it every week man he's just hella raw like like running on, on on the rope and punting dudes in the head hopefully he doesn't get fined for those thigh slaps i mean uh almost getting tossed up but swinging back into the rope and kicking a uh, jungle boy in the head and just getting the win for uh two-thirds of the death triangle i'm excited to see what they do man yeah, and I believe that match is not not that match is not taking place next week, but we will get is it Matt Jackson taking on Phoenix? That should be a fun match on Wednesday. We get Dasha interviewing Paul White, asks him about a hint regarding the new signing. He didn't really say anything except for no one works harder than this talent, which is going to be the catchphrase of this person's uh, this person's gimmick. I guess they show DDP just chilling in the crowd, and we got out an Al Snow appearance. Then we move on to... What does everybody want? Head. What does everybody need? Head. Thank you. All right. Hikaru Shida, the AEW Women's Champion, takes on Ryo Mizunami. And Hikaru Shida retains at 15 minutes. Uh, Ryo kind of like, you know, uh, not taking it too seriously, having a little bit of fun. They uh, told a story Excalibur did of... Rio kind of, you know, not taking, not liking Hikaru Shida all that much, but at the end, you know, got a little more serious, some good exchanges back and forth. This match did, it was hurt by the fact that it was built up through a tournament. Shida didn't really have anything to do with the buildup. She just kind of stands there. They had, they did have some interviews that they ran before the match, but uh, no storyline does, I think, hurt the match. But overall, though, I thought the work was good enough. My pick loss. I don't like this match. Oh my God, same here. You pick Ryo Mizunami? Hell yeah. Oh my God, thank you. Because like, I thought I was the only one in the whole wide world that picked Ryo Mizunami. And the reason why, because with all due respect with Hikaru Shida, I feel that her um, being the champion is already run its course. And I was thinking to have someone different like Ryo Mizunami. And then she could lost the title to someone who is full-time in AEW, like within like two weeks or so later on. But all in all, this match, I feel it's kind of, it's pretty decent, but it was too many um, pinfalls and near falls and kickouts to say at least, but yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Match was a little sloppy. They kind of played up the exhaustion aspect of it. I did pick Sheeta to win, mainly because I think if you're going to have, I I do feel you should maybe have a more full-time wrestler there, whether it be Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa, you know, someone else. I I wouldn't put it on, you know, another Japanese wrestler who's just going to hold it for a couple weeks and we don't really have a connection to her. So might as well just have it on Sheeta. She's the longest reigning champion on AEW right now. And I would say that her reign is probably coming to an end sooner rather than later. Who that is? I don't know. We're going to have to stay tuned and find out. After the fact, we get Nyla Rose and she or uh, Nyla Rose attacking Sheeta, uh, kind of setting up uh, kind of a six man, a six woman tag uh, with all these women: Makito, Bird Baker, Nyla Rose against the uh, three women of Rio, Sheeta, and uh, yeah. There we go. Uh, then we get after, yeah, we get the match, blah, 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 blah. They announced that AEW Double or Nothing will be taking place in Jacksonville. No return to Vegas Aww. quite yet, I know. So, so sad, but uh, something to expect. They said this is like their marquee show, so I guess they're kind of branding Double or Nothing like as their big WrestleMania-esque show. It should. Uh, we get, 
Alex Marvez interviews Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy backstage. Then Miro and Kip Sabian attack them during the promo. And this leads into the match proper. Miro and Sabian win in eight minutes. Nothing really to here. You know, Orange Cassidy runs in, makes a save after getting laid out backstage. Miro pins. Uh, is it? Yeah, I think. Yeah, he pins or taps out, submits Chuck Taylor for the win. Cindy, nothing really much, but they got in and got out. Yeah, I mean, it's like one of the few, this is like my least favorite feud I've ever seen from both Chuck Taylor and Mirror. And plus, like, I'm getting really sick and tired from this whole, like, Mirror being the best man. I mean, hello, the wedding is already freaking over. Like, what, over two weeks or so? Like, seriously, now. Like, I already went on a, a little bit of a rant during the No DQ live stream for the predictions video and on the last episode of Into the Stratosphere. It just needs to end all be all. I'm glad Miro did um, pick up the victory. However, there you can see there has been a bit of a tension going on between Miro and Kip Sabian because Miro did push up Orange Cassidy, but he didn't see that Penelope Ford was on the apron where he actually like pushed Orange Cassidy, which causes Penelope to fell off from the apron landed so hard. And that's where Kip was tending her so much. Like you can see like at the end, there was like a, like a bit of a tension going on but who knows we'll be seeing like if they're going to continue on with Miro and Kip being the alliance or they're going to be started going their separate ways I actually I actually picked a Miro and a Sabian super bad Kip Sabian uh, I mean I, I can't believe I picked Miro for something fire attire by a Miro and Sabian I might say that stuff was fuego uh, but yeah, I mean, congratulations to those guys. Hopefully they can pick up some momentum and possibly get in the running for a shot at the Ollie Wrestling World Tag Team Championships. Well, the men who could not capture the AW Tag Team Championships was Jericho and MJF. They were interviewed backstage. Jericho and MJF, basically everyone in the inner circle was selling frustration. Jericho said on Wednesday they're going to have a meeting because changes need to happen. MJF agreed with those changes, possibly setting something up, a turn, MJF taking power of the inner circle. We don't know, but we will see something with the inner circle on Wednesday. Hopefully, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Something, something, something drastic. Um, possibly Maxwell trying to take over the uh, the inner circle. Yeah, pretty much. Then we get the big money match. Matt Hardy takes on Hangman Adam Page. They talked up the fact that uh, Page is only 29 and Matt Hardy's been wrestling for almost that long. Uh, in the end, Page wins in 15 minutes, about the right length, maybe a tad bit on the long side they wrestle pretty straightforward for a majority of the match and then uh private party come out but then the dark order come in and make the save we had a lot of dark order on this show i think they made three appearances like in total in separate different matches and page gets the win he gets matt hardy's money that was the right move i said put make uh hangman win the match keep him strong and he can be on his way to the aw world title well yeah i mean it, if if they, how long you said this was fifteen minutes? Get, get, maybe eight and a half, maybe seven forty-five. I think that would have been fine. They were a little uh, little ambitious with this. Hangman Page he officially did join the Dark Order. Right, he hugged all of them. I assume so. Yeah, I mean, like this match was like a little bit too long. Like I've seen throughout Twitter time, like on my Twitter timeline, like people are discussing about like who is who has the better pants, Matt Hardy or Hangman Page. Which, by the way, 
Matt Hardy's um, hands does kind of remind me of the late Mr. Brody Lee, which is kind of like a, you know, a nice tribute to it. But besides that, like the match itself, it's kind of like a bit of a letdown personally, because there's has been like, it feels so much slow paced. Like I wanted this match to be over and done with. And I feel like having the private party and the Dark Order um, getting involved, it's like a little too late. They should have done it like, let's just say three minutes ago before the match. And it's like, let's just say it's kind of like fizzled out on my end, but I'm glad that Hangman Page did pick up the victory and thus he'll get his, his first quarter money, of course. Yeah, I'm voting uh, Rhinestone Cowboy Hangman Adam Page with the better pants. Okay, okay. Second dad. I I see, I see, I see. Uh, what else? What else happened? Well, we get the ladder match. Winner gets the ta- the TNT title shot on Wednesday. A literal brass ring hanging above the <laughs> ring. It uh, looks like a sonic ring. What was your guys' thoughts? I thought it looked corny as hell. Um, you see, you see, this is where they try to make fun of Vinnie Mac in a brass ring, and this is where they look stupid. Why, why would you, why would you do that? You could, you could have put anything else up there, literally anything else. This, this was like Vince a briefcase, a clipboard. No, you can't do the briefcase, or else you know we're copying WWE. You could have just oh put up God. a giant sign that said TNT. That's all you had to do. You could have did that. A but clipboard. That would have been fine. A Darby Allen plushie. I, oh, <laughs> now we're being egregious. Sorry, sorry. Killing the business. Uh, uh, Platinum Max Caster comes out, cuts his uh, rap. We get a fire Andrew, rap, by the get way. An Andrew Cuomo and dig. Lola Bunny being flat chested. Oh, yeah. You know what? Oh. I need a. I need a. I need a track of Max Caster and uh, Doja Cat. I need that in my life. Well, they did um, redesign Lola Bunny for the Space Jam too. They Is nerfed Lola perfect? Bunny. Yeah, they did what? They nerfed her. They yeah, nerfed her. They made her. Yeah, they made her like regular schmegular average joke. She looks like, like a regular bunny. Yeah, oh. instead of like the baba boom type from Space Jam. Oh, oh, she had a she, she had a breast re- re- reduction. I, I think I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, her back was hurting, so she had to yeah, get some sadly. Hey man, my back's been hurting from carrying this podcast world on my shoulders. You know what I'm saying? Me, TikTok. Anyways, we get uh, Lance Archer with Jake Roberts, Scorpio Sky, Pentagon, Cody Rhodes, and the second surprise debut, we get uh, Ethan Page. This was someone who people were thinking was a possibility, especially after he didn't sign with WWE, wasn't part of that uh, big group. Cindy, you're more the impact person. Talk us a little bit about Ethan Page and what he's been doing over there. Well, Ethan Page, he has been, um, he's one half of the longest reigning Impact Wrestling World Tag Team Champion alongside Josh Alexander, also known as The North, of course. And he has an impressive job, like being, um, being like a tag team specialist, but also he was part of the Ultimate X um, match back in, I believe, 2018, 2019, kind of like that. So... I know that like his time with Impact Wrestling, like closer to the ending was even the best, especially how they kind of like written off very poorly during the last big Impact Wrestling's pay-per-view, which is hard to kill. So I'm very glad that he is now in AEW where he's actually supposed to be belonged to. So all in all, like 
I was very surprised that he made his debut, which I already speculated that um, that he's going to be the surprise appearance, but it did happen, which it kind of gave me like kind of like very emotional because I do have like personal history with Ethan Page, of course, since I have mutual friends. Um, me and Ethan Page, we do have mutual friends, of course. So yeah, and I could have been even more prouder to see him in AEW. It's very awesome. But all in all, I really enjoyed this ladder match altogether. So many high spots going on, especially I am very impressed with Max Caster. Like he did impress the hell out of me, especially with that elbow drop on the top rope to Cody that actually landed on the ladder. Like Jesus Christ, man. Like yeah, yeah. I don't really need a fan of him altogether. It, it, it was tough. I got to check on my homie Cody. Uh, I thought this was great, man. You know, um, Ethan Page making his surprise appearance. I popped for it. He's not the only Canadian they signed tonight. Wink, wink. Oh uh, yeah, but I mean, all in all, Scorpio Sky he he grabbed the Sonic the Sonic uh, brass <laughs> ring to uh, get an opportunity to get Darby Allen the TNT Championship this coming Wednesday on Dynamite. Uh, hey man, like after, day after double or nothing, I saw Scorpio Sky at the remaining events at Starcast. I was like, hey bro, you're gonna be a star. You're gonna be the face of this thing. Hence, mm-hmm. he won the face of the Revolution ladder match. So you know, that's uh, that's what's up, man. I can't wait to see what uh, can't wait to see what he and Darby do on uh, Dynamite Wednesday night. Yes, the TNT title match will be on Wednesday. I'm a little intrigued to see what they do. They haven't been building Scorpio Sky all too much on the Dynamite show. So maybe they put the title on him with the excuse of Darby being a little hurt from the street fight. And, I mean, if they put it on him and Scorpio gets a little more of a spotlight, I'm all for that. Uh, The match itself, I did enjoy it. It was a spot fest for the most part, but it wasn't like a stereotypical ladder match. They weren't flying all over the place. They wasn't, you know, running and doing all these kind of things. It was more kind of powerhouse stuff, especially with Lance Archer and uh, some of the other people. Uh, Cody, they were uh, selling the shoulder for a majority of it. He did the old Roman Reigns thing, or Randy Orton thing, gets carried to the back, but then he's such a valiant fighting wrestler that he came back and unfortunately couldn't get the win philip i'm sorry it's so you know what it, it, it's all right you know he, he's gonna focus more on the on the office role you know you know brandy's about to have the kids soon I, I understand i understand it's all right we could take this ill tonight then we go to the commentators table and they kind of hype up the new signing we don't get the big show the big show doesn't introduce it we just get a countdown clock on the jumbotron from 10 to 1 and it is christian cage yes or christian he has signed with aew the hype was a future hall of fame or a hall of fame level talent and possibly a little bit of a disappointment but for me personally, I wasn't expecting a CM Punk or Brock Lesnar, which is like the very tippy top somewhere in Christian's elk. I think that was about right. For me personally, I kind of wanted maybe a woman to be the surprise signing to maybe give a little bit more credibility to the women's division over there. But uh, Cindy, what did you think of Christian being the surprise signing for AW? Well, Tony Khan did hinted that it is a someone who is Hall of Famer worthy. He did hint that it is a male and it's one of his favorite wrestler. So I was like thinking about speculation, like, is it someone that is not in the Hall of Fame? Like, it was like so many names I could think of. Like, I was hoping for Chris Hero, kind of thinking out, outside of the box. But seeing Christian Cage, like, being in AEW, that was a complete shocker. And I was like, didn't he appear in the Royal Rumble? And isn't he signed with WWE? 
which it was kind of like boggled my mind altogether. So I'm pretty skeptical how he is going to be in AEW, but I do want to say this. They actually played his old TNA theme. That was pretty something. I'm, I'm pretty sure he owned the rights to that because, I mean, the, the, uh, and, and I mean, just looking at it, like, Christian, and that tweet I, 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 uh, I found on Twitter and put it on the Bullcast Instagram page, like, it came true. Isn't that weird? Isn't that kind of weird, guys? Like, the only people that weren't there were, like, Nicolas Cage and Nick Gage, but everybody Very else was, weird. you know, like, I, I need to ask that dude for the lotto numbers, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but Christian Cage, man, I, I, Brandon, I had this conversation, I think, on the Bullcast uh, this past Thursday. Hall of Fame worthy talent, man. I mean, the guy's done amazing things. The only man in history to hold the big gold, big gold world heavyweight, the ECW and the NWA heavyweight titles at the same time. He could add the AEW title to his repertoire. I was really looking forward to him and Christian having a little nice little tag team uh, reunion, possibly one of those tag team uh, titles one more time. And I thought he was going to be involved in the uh, the storyline with Edge and Roman at Mania. Because, I mean, you looked at it and it was like, only possible people were like Kurt Angle. We put out the teaser video. There's Brock. He's not with the company anymore. There's always CM Punk. Honestly, I thought uh, I thought Show was gonna swerve us like he normally does. It was like, oh, it's me. You know what I'm saying? But uh, all in all, congratulations to Christian Cage. The instant classic is back, and he's ready to uh, show the world what he can do. Yeah, I mean, very interesting to see on the WWE side of things why they didn't sign him or at least make him a little bit more of an inter- integral part of that Edge feud. Let, let it in. Letting in leading into WrestleMania, especially because of the the thing they had at the Royal Rumble, and I don't know if it was a money thing, if AEW just gave him more money, or if it's very similar to what happened with his run in TNA. Just WWE didn't see that much value in him, and so he's like, you know what, screw you guys, I'm I'm leaving. You know what? You know who we have to thank for this, right? Who? Randy mm-hmm. Orton. Oh. Oh. If Randy Orton assaulted you or kicked you in the head in the last two years, you go to AEW. Matt Hardy, Paul White, Christian. Who's next? Who's I mean, next? didn't he like kick Ric Flair? He kicked Ric Flair. Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels in the well, dark. Shawn, 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 he, he's staying. Hey, but Rick, I mean, you never know. What do never. you think uh, they can get out of Christian? Is he, I would assume he's going to be more full-time compared to Sting. And do you push him to that type of level? Because you already have Jericho, you have Sting. Do you really want to have the ex-WWE guys be a lot of your main event level talent? I, you, you. I, I, I don't know, man. He could probably just uh, wrestle around in the uh, wrestle, huh? And the, like the TNT title picture, or you know, he doesn't have to be in the title picture right, right that, right just yet. Because let, let's be honest, I don't think Sting's winning the AW title. That doesn't make any sense. Jericho, I, he may get it again, but somewhere down the line after he's done with the whole tag team stuff and the faction stuff. But uh, I don't know. Just you don't want to put him there right away. Because, you know, people are already saying it's all ex-WWE, which I always say, name me one company that doesn't have former WWE talent. You can't, you know. So uh, I I don't know what we're going to see, but I'm excited because, like, Christian, he looks good. Like, there's there's something about this current crop of guys that are in their 40s to early 50s. They've turned back the clock. Yeah. Exactly. I'm looking forward to Ethan Page and Adam Hangman Page versus – Christian Cage and Brian Cage, if it's going to happen in the near future. <laughs> well, I think Brian Cage just has to be Brian now, and then it's just going to be Ethan because you can't have people with the same last names, according to Vince. That's how it uh, works, right? Adam and Michael Cole. People just get too confused. Adam and Michael Cole. 
well. He's mm-hmm. not on main roster television yet. But oh, anyways, let's move on to the penultimate match. We get the street fight. Taz joined the announcers on commentary. Sting and Darby Allin take on Ricky Starks and Brian Cage in a street fight. This was a pre-taped match. We get Starks and Cage get into a car. They drive to the undisclosed location, the same warehouse that Kate or that Sting and Darby did their little promo a few weeks ago. And a very good production value. I believe the commentators were commentating live. It wasn't a pre-tape. Everything commentators were reacting to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you want to go through like everything, but you know, kind of a spot fast going all over the place. I thought the production value was phenomenal. Very similar to the uh, Undertaker AJ Styles match to WrestleMania. Kind of had that same vibe. Cindy, what did you think of this match? A cinematic match? I haven't seen one of these in a while for AW. Yeah, definitely. Okay, the thing about it is, and I'm going to give it a constructive criticism, I think the commentary is very unnecessary because i rather see this type of a badass cinematic match that is like a action movie meets a thriller movie instead of like listening to JR, Excalibur, Tony Schiavone, and Taz on commentary. It kind of kills the vibe when you're watching a match that is so badass with the high production value, and yet it's being overkilled by commentary. That's just me, you know? But anyway, yeah, I am very impressed with this match. Like, you know, like you say, it's a couple, it's like a spot fest altogether. But hey, it was good seeing powerhouse Will Hobbs even though he was like wearing an orange ski mask before taking off to reveal himself. And I want to say this, Sting. Sting is on his prime of his life. Like I'm very impressed with like a couple of the moves that he's done, even though he did take like, you know, some botches here and there, but he did an impressive job. And of course he did the Scorpio death drop to Ricky Stark to pick up the victory, of course. But I really, I really do enjoy the match, but the commentary needs to be axed altogether. Uh, I was fine with the commentary, you know, helps get the story going along, but look, man, how are you going to have two big ass dudes in, in cage and Hobbs, a pretty uh, nice size built guy in Starks. And then, you know, Hook, who's a growing boy, how are you going to have all of them take an L to an old dude and a skinny kid? Like, come on, man. That doesn't make any sense. That literally makes no sense. Like, And it's supposed to be a street fight? If 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 Sting and Darby Allen were in a legit street fight with all four of those guys, who's winning? The old man had a bat, though. That doesn't <laughs> matter. He can have a, a, a walker and a, and a crutch for all I care. That makes no sense. It was stupid. This hurts them. This but at the same time, it's just to regain Sting's credibility. Since it would have been, to- it would have been more important for him to win a singles match. Like this is Sting's first singles match in what five or six years. You know, the last time he was in a singles match was for a world title. That's how you build the, up that. He could have, he could have taken this loss. It would have been fine. Like, do you prefer to watch, like, have his singles match on Dynamite or on pay per view, or either way? It depends that the timing of it, and it, and it. Well, he 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 could have been. Let let me think. Like, let's look at the the card and let's see what could have been taken off. You could have taken off Mir- the Miro thing. Yeah, that could have been blown. That could have been blown off on a big episode of Dynamite. You know, you could have did that at the Crossroads episode this past week. You could have done something like that. Sting is a bigger name. You just give him a give him like Starks or something, or give him Hobbs. Actually, no, no, give him Hobbs. Give him Starks, mm-hmm. and then give him like maybe six minutes, and boom. Yeah. Overall. 
I liked the match. I thought it was very well laid out. You know, Sting did have kind of some, you know, obvious botches, but especially kind of he kind of did that uh that roll through pin of Starks in the ring. You can tell they kind of had to do some camera trickery. But I mean, the drone shot where they went from the the ring and they kind of panned across down whatever like the stairway, and you go to Cage and Darby Allen fight. I thought that was just so that was beautiful. You know, they fight in a room. They uh, Hobbs and Cage throw Darby through some like glass panel or something. And uh, only 13 minutes, so it didn't really overstay its welcome. I thought it was really well done. The commentary itself, I think I leaned a little bit more with Philip. I, I enjoyed it, especially kind of the banter back and forth because Taz was you know putting up with all the BS and they were just going back and forth. And they did kind of carry the storyline. Uh, a tad bit more, but I can see Cindy's point of maybe just keeping it the way that we see the other cinematic matches. No, no commentary, just kind of have them talk some shit back and forth and kind of carry it that way via the sounds. But I mean, I thought this over delivered. I didn't know what to expect from Sting and Darby if this was going to be pre-taped or if it was going to be in the ring, but it made sense. Have it right before the death match. So you give the crew members time to set up the death match. It made perfect sense. Yeah, yeah, no, abs- abs- absolute lie. Absolute lie. All well, right. Speaking of that exploding barbed wire death match, we had Kenny Omega defending his AEW World Heavyweight title against John Moxley. Moxley comes out first, walking kind of into the crowd. He uh, paces back and forth a little bit, takes a uh, whiskey, takes a flask. Looked like he was having some trouble opening it, but then he finally got it once he got into the ring. Kenny cosplaying as Terry Funk makes his way into the ring. They do the whole ring introductions and they are off to the races. They have a countdown clock of 30 minutes, but it did not go the entire 30, 30 minutes. Uh, the official time, if I can bring it up around 27, maybe 26 minutes at around, you know, a couple minutes left to spare. And I thought this was very well done. Maybe the best worked death match maybe ever i mean athletically i thought it was phenomenal with onita and the funk and you know other matches of that ilk it was very it's you know not gonna have a lot of movement compared to what this match had and i thought this was kind of the perfect melding of that old school death match with today's more athletic wrestling cindy what do you think well i do enjoy this match especially like the couple of the spots especially moxley got the first exposure of the barbed wire so it is a good storytelling going on between both guys i mean you saw like exploding barbed wires exploding barbed wire on board outside of the ring even though that is like the weak like somewhat of a dud because i expected a little bit more explosion from it but the barbed wire um ropes is definitely the one that actually steals the show and surprisingly enough the good brother came the Good Brothers came out with a big ass barbed wire bat, but lo and behold, Kenny did swing Moxley with the barbed wire um, explosion bat. I was like, that's pretty impressive. I thought we we're gonna be getting like more of like an explosion effect from it all, but then it's kind of like pretty solid too. However, because like with this match, honestly, the Onita versus Terry Funk's match definitely tops this more than this particular match altogether i do enjoy it a lot but i'm very impressed with like this dip this like heavy hitting move set all together and then of course kenny with the one wing angel on the barbara chair to moxley to retain the AEW world title that was very incredible however like the ending of it all i feel like the ending was like a little bit of a de- letdown because you're expecting they're taking so much time to beat down john moxley handcuffed him just to leave him there to wait till like the countdown clock 
came by. And then of course, surprisingly enough, Eddie Kingston with the family trying to like, trying to like attack the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega, whatever. And then Eddie Kingston, you thought they were gonna make a save, but y'all, what the hell is going on with this explosion? That is the weakest crap I've ever seen. Like, I've seen better exploding Barbara deathmatch from Onita versus Terry Funk and Onita versus Hayabusa, but this is the weakest SHIT ever seen. And Moxley and Eddie- we'll cast after dark, you can cuss. Okay, okay. Weakest shit I ever seen. I'm sorry, y'all. So whatever. Like, seriously. I've seen better deathmatch with this crap Ola from it all. But hey, I'm not gonna let that weakest shit I've ever seen at the ending to enjoy this pay-per-view all of, after all. But at least John Moxley did admit that Kenny Omega um, might be a bad son of a bitch, but he can't build an exploding wing worth of shit. So he did admit it for it all too. You thought everybody died, but no, they no soul. But yeah, I enjoyed the main event, but the ending was a big letdown. Yeah. Um, why would you play games with me? Why would you play games with me, Tony? I wanted something more. Well, I wanted to see carnage. I wanted to see burning flesh. I wanted to see all that stuff. And it wasn't there. Exactly. You know what? Randy Orton, he set a man actually on fire. You know what? I, 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 wanted, I wanted more from these people. I really did. You give me some, some, some Gilbert sparklers. Really? Really, Tony? Yeah. You're at a least, billionaire. At least can, Moxley bled, which is you, not enough. You can you can you can shove out a couple foul for some 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 actual pyro. Really, really. I was waiting for the the ring to cave in or something or another after. Like I was ready for because they did the sparklers and then it was like yeah. okay is there gonna be something else and then it just stopped and then the crowd booed like you could audibly hear the whatever like maybe two thousand people there booing and that was like the only time they really like shitted on anything which exactly. i think rightfully so because when you advertise an exploding barbed wire death match and you do the exact same finish from onita terry funk mm-hmm. and yet the onita terry funk thing from 30 years ago had a better explosion than this exactly and i was like one of my favorite part i've i've watched that match three times total this week just for the high expectation. And then we're seeing this weakest shit I ever seen. This is like, is AEW's trying to not, to, is too afraid to like have Moxley and Kingston being extremely hurt? Like, come on now. Like you're better than that AEW, like shit. I will say, I, I really did like the homage with Eddie Kingston coming out to save uh, John Mox. I thought that was phenomenal. I mean, if you know, you know, it made it that much better. But then, yeah, the the explosion, the if you can even call it an explosion, did kind of put a, a damper on that. Because, I mean, I thought it was just Fireworks. phenomenal. Because, I mean, Eddie King, they told this, like, long-term story of them being friends, but yet they're fighting. They kind of hate each other, but they also really love each other. And I said it on the podcast when I had, when I picked the Onita Funk match as a match pick, like, if they did the exact, if they had like Seth Rollins versus John Moxley in this type of match, they could do that exact same finish. But yet, they did that exact same finish with Eddie Kingston, which I didn't see coming, and I I quite enjoyed that. Yeah, it was. I wanted more. I wanted more. I really did. I'm 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 very disappointed. Very disappointed in them all. I really am. Yeah. That being said, the match itself, the 27 minutes of work, I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. A lot of blood. Not, it didn't feel like they went too over the top. Like, yes, this one had blood compared to their full gear match, 
but I yeah. felt like this was not as big of a spot fest, as big of like a geek show as that other one was where they yeah. had like those rat trap things and they had like the contrived spots. This one, yeah, you know, they have the kind of dumb explosions and the barbed wire, but it felt a lot more real than their hardcore match they had a year and a half ago. Yeah, we got to talk about, I mean, the the, uh, the foot on the rope in that explosion, the, Kenny's face is like, oh, oh yeah. and then one of, one of them, one of those pops, uh, one of those explosions got me. It's like, oh, snap. That, yep. that was all really cool. I think the exploding bat was really awesome. Also, oh, yeah. uh, there were there, there there was some good work involved, but all in all, it just it was a huge letdown. It, uh, they got me up there, you know. They were supposed to climax this, and they didn't. It's it, it's a damn shame. I mean, I I love the beatdown with the Good Brothers. You and you know the explosions coming, and then you add on top of the extra drama with Eddie Kingston. I thought they were really crescendoing to something, but then just the explode. I know we keep harping on it, but that explosion really was a letdown, and I think that really sucked the air out of everything that they were building up to. Which I thought everything else was like A plus stuff, but then the very end just was an F. Yeah, and like on social media, people are like egging about this main event of the match too they said like oh this pay-per-view is the worst because of the main event kind of like ruined it it's like come on now you're just gonna have one crap ola ending ruin like one of the one of the pay-per-view that is like pretty enjoyable and yet like the ending is actually kind of like affected by it like seriously yeah, it's, it was it was all just bad. Well, let's wrap it up, ladies and gentlemen. AEW Revolution 2021 uh, is in the books. What is your grade? We give letter grades here. Cindy, what are you giving it? Well, okay, here's the thing. Even though the ending of the pay-per-view was a letdown for it, but all in all, I do enjoy the pay-per-view itself, even though my favorite match of all time, because I'm kind of like very highly invested by it, is the ladder match, of course. My least favorite would have to be Adam Hangman Page versus Matt Hardy. It's way too long. And I just feel like this feud should have been on Dynamite. And so is Miro and Kip Sabian versus Best Friend altogether. But for that, for my letter grade, I'm going to give it a B minus. Just saying to be nice. Brandon. I wouldn't say this was the worst AEW pay-per-view. I think I would still put all out over that. This is maybe the second second worst but it was still like a decent show that being said you know it's kind of on the AEW curve i think i'm going to give with cindy a b minus i really enjoyed the tag team match i think maybe out of the classic matches outside the death match i thought that was the best one uh the sting darby allen street fight was enjoyable nothing was like too over the top they didn't have you know the greatest tag team match i've ever seen in my entire life compared to last year but overall i think a really solid show but kind of disappointing on AEW standards yeah, I'm, 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 I'm gonna give it a C. I'm gonna just give it a C. It didn't, it didn't. There was potential, you know, or I'll give it a high C plus, like a, like a 79.6. You know what I'm saying? There was potential to do some good stuff, but they didn't deliver for me. Um, I, I, th- hope- I think the length of the show also hurt. Like, yeah. even the tag team yeah. battle royal. Like, I would, t- I would honestly take that out altogether. That's a half hour you can p- dedicate on a dynamite, and you can take that off the the pay per view and the Hangman Matt Hardy stuff, the Miro stuff. You can have you know, those core, whatever, four or five matches, have it, keep it tight at like three hours. And I think it makes it a lot better. Absolutely. You know, that that's what they should do. They, they should take, take rules from Brandon, you know, Brandon, exactly. you, you know what, you want to hop on one of those media calls when I'm on one time, then, mm-hmm. then you can uh, hit Cody with that. I, you know, I got the hard hitting questions for Cody. Absolutely. Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll try to make it happen. Um, mm-hmm. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for all of us. Uh, Cindy, where can the people find you? You guys can find me on 
Twitter, Instagram, and I'm on TikTok at simply underscore C underscore OK. Also, you can find me on nodq.com. I normally do a predictions video for only AEW. And I'm mostly on Teddy Turnbuckle's YouTube channel doing live reaction video for Impact Wrestling. Well, not anymore because I'm doing mostly on AEW stuff for now on and also a new episode of Into the Stratus will be coming up this week where I'm going to be doing a prediction for the Impact Plus special Sacrifice. All right, Brandon, where can the people find you? Well, follow me on Twitter and the Instagram. Go to my my other show that I do, you know, Curveballs and Chair Shots. Every Friday, we talk sports and wrestling. Curveballs and CS. Got a link tree you can click on in the bio. Takes you everywhere else. You need to go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, follow me at Heel Antoine, H-E-E-L-A-N-T-W-I-N-E on the Twitter and the Instagram, Instagram. The Bullcast on Instagram, the Bullcast on uh, YouTube, at Bullcast on Twitter. Uh, follow my other co- uh, podcast, Complex Conversations, C-O-M-P-L-E-X-X Conversations on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and the YouTube. Ladies and gentlemen, the, the next time the Bullcast Championship is on the line is the Showcase of the Immortals, WrestleMania Night 1 and 2. We need, we need, we need discrepancies. Uh, thank you guys so much. Stay clean, stay strong, stay safe, stay quarantined. Diamonds are forever. So is the microphone Messiah. This has been the Bullet Cast. Thank you for listening.